Hi, and welcome. This is Lee Siegfried, host of A Life Well Lived with Dogs podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is a podcast where we keep it real. We talk about dogs, living with dogs, life with dogs, dog training, and the full spectrum of the journey from puppyhood and beyond. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's get to it. Hello, hello. Welcome to A Life Well Lived with Dogs podcast. This is Lee Siegfried. I am your your gracious host and founder of Opportunity Barks Behavior and Training. Welcome. We are going to talk. We're going to talk about puppies specifically today and how to avoid what I'm going to coin as puppy overwhelm. So many of us get a new dog and quite frankly, don't know Jack. And it's cool that you don't know Jack. And, and once you start looking at what should I be doing? What what should I be prioritizing? I, I think for the new puppy owner, it can get quite overwhelming because we start thinking about like vet care and basic care and the food and the thing and the potty training and the ha 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 ha. So without turning it into a whole spiral, what I would like to do is ground that energy. Uh-huh. And I want to give you guys some good starting points and also just take heart. Like Life with your dog is a process. This this first 90 days to say 180 days, so this first three to six months, there's a pretty big, steep learning curve to get quite a bit of this like in a good space. But let me talk about what I think is the quote, most critical thing to get rolling in the first 30 days and like moving into the first 90 days. Again, without overwhelm. Okay, so let's get to it. So my first thing is just, relax. Okay. With new babies, this is referred to as the fourth trimester, which means like they're out of the womb and they're still like, they need a lot. With puppies, they are no longer with their litter mates or maybe a maternal figure, and they still need a lot of sensory input and information from us. So your job in is just like to create a safe, predictable environment for your dog to get to know you and to for the dog to get to know the environment, become comfortable in the environment. Okay. You're going to have highs and lows. Okay. So this is normal. I want to normalize that. There are going to be moments that really test and try you. You might be crying in the shower and there are moments where you're going to be like, this is the best thing ever. And I can't believe I waited this long to get a dog. Completely normal to have those huge dopamine dumps and then like WTF if I done with my life. Okay. It's normal. <laughs> it's normal. There's just not a lot of conversation out there about it. Okay. All right. So just remember, this is just like a little soul in a fursuit trying to figure shit out. Okay. All right. Second thing is like, let's just get your, what we're going to call training with heavy air quotes. Let's just get that like focused in a couple spots. Okay. This is not the like, oh my God, I'm so behind and I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to fuck it up. Okay. I want you helping this dog prioritize chewing on the right stuff in your home. That could be beef bones, sterile or natural bones, Nyla bones. That could be Kongs that are stuffed with food. What you want to figure out is what your dog naturally wants to chew on. I'm a big fan of buffalo bones and things like that. We have a store online at OP Barks that you can check out. We've got like our our trainer tested, approved and recommended stuff. And like, I'm not going to waste your time or energy or money recommending anything that doesn't like last a long time. And if it's not long lasting, like I will tell you 24 seven access to long lasting shoes. Okay. Again, a big fan of antlers, buffalo antlers or buffalo horns, beef bones, Nile bones. Now I hear you puppy owner, because this is a question that comes up a lot. Is it going to be too hard for my puppy's teeth? Like, no. If you guys see blood or bleeding on an item, it's very likely because your dog's losing teeth. 
This is totally normal. Okay. So your dog's teeth scraping against stuff, like take heart. It's cool. It's cool. (laughs) Okay. Remember like back in the day, dogs were eating a raw diet and like crushing bones. And sometimes dogs are, are eating raw diets current times, but I am simply saying you've got a baby weak jaw with super sharp teeth. You're looking to just like really help satisfy that need to chew. That is actually a need. Exercise the jaw. Okay. Backing into all the biting. So 24 seven access to long lasting chewies is a great idea. Second to that, you want to consider that there is a huge need for these guys to explore with their mouths and bite. What I would recommend is making sure that you get or create a tongue toy. This could be made out of athletic socks. Does anybody have athletic socks? Does anybody have mismatched long tube socks that their dad had in the eighties? I don't know. Probably not. However, you get my drift. You could make something with like a kitchen towel. You could get some fleece and make your own tug toy. You can buy a tug toy. Braided fleece is what I recommend. This is not something that your dog is going to have 24-7 access to because they can eat it and they can consume it. We don't want that happening. What we want is the dog is you engaging your dog in a game that they actually really want to play. And for dogs that have prey drive, terriers, any herding mixes, cattle dogs, shepherds, generally anything with a like almost an exaggerated need to bite bird dogs, you're going to find that they are going to have a great time stalking and like watching a toy move and then biting it. Okay. And this is what they would be doing with their litter mates. So in some ways, without those litter mates around, you're the one that's like providing that kind of stimulation and interaction. So what I would recommend is creating something quite long or buying a long tug toy, put it on the ground, wave it around, get them, get them like wanting to go for it and bite it. And don't worry if they start getting growly. That is also normal, okay? You're going to want to turn the game on and turn it off. You can maybe ask them to drop it or go to, go like, I don't want to say dead with the toy, but dead with the toy. Don't pull on it a whole lot. Bring it next to your body and hold it. Wait for them to disengage and like right back on it. Yeah, like let's go. That is so fun for so many dogs and like truly can help meet so many needs And I'm a big, what I'll call bang for your buck kind of trainer, meaning when I do something with a dog, young or old, I want there to be multiple components that are working in an integrated way to help me all over the place. So like a game of tug is not just satisfying the need to chew and pull. A game of tug is also teaching impulse control, bite inhibition. It can be useful as a way to reinforce behaviors outside of the use of food. I'm also going to say play, like really just have fun and play with your dogs. Playing with your dogs can look like you just like tap their hip and they get a little little nutty and they're like, wow, when they start like, you know, and they bite you. This is what they would do to their litter mates. Don't make it wrong that they're using their mouth and start investing in training to teach something like an off or leave it or out to help with that. Okay. So like not bad and wrong that they're using their mouth, totally normal. So we want to (laughs) Give them 24-7 access to chews, hard, long-lasting chews that they actually get into. No, not the crappy four-inch rope toy or like the plastic ball that they like rip and shred. Like, And look, no shade. If your dog is into that, cool. But most dogs are not really like that into that. You get that like plenty pack of toys from like the pet store. You know what I'm saying. Okay. Tugging and making sure that you're creating an opportunity for your dogs to chew on stuff. That's another great, amazing thing. Potting in the right place. So many people get stuck here, bogged down here, discouraged here. 
Okay. Real talk. Potty training in and of itself is in a good place when the dog probably hasn't had an accident inside for several weeks. That is not going to be reality for you with puppy. You want to think of it back to that idea of the fourth trimester. You want to be thinking of it as the dog does not have muscle bladder control. They don't, right? Or they're developing it. They're a work in progress, aren't we all? (laughs) Okay. So like they need some time for their body to develop the strength for they can like hold right? And then we're also working on things like indicating. People want dogs to be like, whoa, whoa, scratch the door. Like, I need to go. That takes some time to associate that. So your best bet, guys, is when your dog is in your home. You want to be vigilant. You want to manage and prevent accidents. And you want to be prepared to tell them to hurry up and potty like 15,000 times. No exaggeration. Okay. So let me talk about a few things. Management can look like they're crated when you're not able to actively watch them. Management could look like they're on a short leash when you're nearby and actively able to or passively able to watch them. That may look like I'm sitting at my desk and my dog is like on a leash right next to me. They're not like a room away. That would not work for a puppy. Management is just all about it's like the unsexy but super effective part of training. Management isn't about like doing lots of work. Management is just learning how to work smarter, not harder. Okay. It's like if I can prevent the dog from thinking about potting under, I don't know, the kitchen table 10 times, like it's a good deal. I don't have things to untrain. Okay. Secondly, leashes. I mentioned leashes. You can have a leash on the dog, have a dog dragging a leash in the house. Leashes just allow you to quickly redirect movement and get your dog outside. Okay. Now, if you are totally going head on with like prevention, beautiful. That's where you want to locate yourself. Then you also want to give your dog plenty of opportunities to potty outside. And you may need to do some work to figure out, quote, the substrate, the type of surface that they like to potty on. Dogs develop a substrate preference as early as three weeks. So what does that mean? That means whatever your dog's prior experience is like what they're going to potentially be preferential with. That could be newspaper, that could be concrete, that could be carpet, that could be a fleece blanket. You can see how this can like work against you, but like you're not going to know. Like you're not going to know. What I would recommend in the meantime is if you have any small area rugs or rugs in front of doors, just pick them up. It's better to like get those out of the mix than to keep them in the mix and have them getting pottied on quite a bit. So you're going to want to take your dog outdoors and encourage them to potty by saying something like, hurry up or go potty or hurry up or go potty a lot to help them like begin to build an association between that word becoming an active an active cue to tell them it is time to go potty. If you want to throw a party after that, great. You can feed them, you can play with them, you can do whatever. Most of the time I think pottying is like self-reinforcing. I just get in there with a little praise, maybe a little food early on, but I quickly fade the food and don't make it all about the food. But I do want to kind of create the game to be the more quickly you go, the more quickly I'll reinforce you. And every dog's different. Like a really fearful puppy is going to not prioritize pottying outside because they're in sort of like a freezy survival response. The goal with a really fearful dog is just to help provide tons of social reassurance in new environments so that they can begin to prioritize pottying. A confident dog will pee in the middle of the street and not think twice about it. However, with some of you, you're going to find that there are preferences that you have to kind of figure out. Does the dog like dirt? Does the dog like mulch? Does the dog like grass? Does the dog like concrete? Does the dog like pea gravel? Does the dog like, you know, whatever. In terms of potty pads, let's talk about it. I think of it as either a short-term game plan or if you're really looking to commit to that long-term, that's on you, boo. But 
Short-term means my dog cannot hold it. This is a space where they're going to hang out and potentially have the opportunity to pee on this potty pad. And then I'm going to keep kind of regularly cleaning that out sort of like a litter box. If it's your short-term game plan, once your dog begins to develop the musculature and the ability to hold it and you can get them outside, then you're going to want to pick up the pads. This is not like one of those things where you're like, let's keep the pads down just in case. It creates confusion. If you are in it to win it long-term, like I am potty trad training my dog and my dog needs to know, blah, 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 then I would suggest you set up a pad, perhaps with a little pen around it with a quite wide opening where you are ritually, habitually, nonstop (laughs) taking that dog, plopping them down and encouraging them to go. For some people that live in urban environments, this may be what they choose. I have no direct experience with that with any of my dogs because I've always lived in a space where I can walk out and there's grass. However, I understand that for some of you, that's reality. So like all good. Just don't fall into the trap of putting like 10 pads down and acting like something productive is happening there because it's very likely going to cause more confusion than not. Same thing. If you have multiple pads in the house, it's very likely if you don't create a clear target, it's very likely to create confusion, which will make it harder. Promise. (laughs) You know, not about making it harder, but it'll make it more difficult for you. Last but not least, and I think this is like my favorite actual thought, you want to create curiosity and foster curiosity. Your dog is like a little baby sensitive being taken in the entire world. You want to encourage them to explore. You want to take them to new environments and have them climbing on rocks and going on trails and hopping over logs or going to the park and jumping over sticks. Like you want to create opportunities where your dog can learn and and engage and have fun discovering the world. So to me, like the biggies are A, chill, it's all going to be good. B, when it's not good, it's part of the normal cycle. So like don't bottom out and act like you're the worst dog owner ever because it's very unlikely. C, stop getting overwhelmed with all the crap online. (laughs) Okay. D, give them lots of stuff to chew on and tug. Where are we? D, E, F, I don't know. E, F, G, Um, play with them. Like play with them. You are their litter mate. You are their maternal figure. You're all the things right now. Really have fun with your dogs and encourage them to play. Pottying, just like there's ups and downs, get clear about your strategy. And if you're having this like very predictable Greek tragedy level, like, oh, he didn't potty outside and I brought him back in and he peed right on the floor in front of me. Like that's on you, boo. Yeah. Like you had no management in place. And the dog maybe couldn't prioritize pottying. If you bring the dog back to the house and they haven't gone, pop them in a crate or keep them on a leash and try again in 20, 30 minutes, okay? This is not like a, well, I tried. (laughs) We're done now. It's like, yeah, you tried and you're done now and you're very likely going to have an accident if you don't like start to have another strategy on the side of like, I really think they have to go and they didn't go. That is also normal. Last but not least, prioritize confidence building exploration, okay? Like if your dog has had their first or second round of vaccinations and they're in good health, get out there. And if you're like, I don't know, I'm not sure, look up position statement on socialization, early socialization. Maybe I'll cross link it here. It's, it's, it's not like, it's like what we abide by, but it is like, it's a nod that says pretty much this. I'll save you the web search. How about that? It says, if your dog is in good health and has received their first to second round. The benefits outweigh the risks. This is about you knowing what's best, but I am going to throw the information at you that I think is going to help you form, have an informed decision. 
So there you go. That is my hot take on how to say no thanks to puppy overwhelm and being able to focus on the things that really matter. Thank you for listening wherever you are. Good morning, good evening, good night. (laughs) Have a good time driving and feel free to, where are we? We're at OP Barks at Instagram. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed your listen, feel free to rate us online. Totally appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Really appreciate you. Bye.